What is going on, everybody? We are so glad that you are with us today. Just like April said, we want to give a very special shout out. Happy Valentine's Day. We hope you got to do something awesome for your loved one. If you didn't and you're really nervous right now because you forgot it was Valentine's Day today, you've got about roughly 30 minutes to figure out what you're going to do, okay? Because otherwise, things are just going to explode. And I actually would love to hear the story of how you guys eventually break up and see how that works out. I'm just kidding. I hope that everything works out. All right? Um, but today's Valentine's Day. We hope you guys have an awesome day. Today, we are in week two of our series, New You, New Purpose, where we're asking this really tough question. What is your purpose in life, Right? And for a lot of people, we're trying to figure that out. And I think as a kid, you come up with different ideas of what your purpose can be. I know that's how it was for me. Like every five minutes, my purpose was always changing. At one time, I thought I was supposed to be a marine biologist. I was going to work with Shamu and the whales. Didn't work out, right? And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a roller coaster designer. I love roller coasters and loops, but you need to be good at like physics and math. And I was like, ah, not really my thing. So then I've, I nailed it. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a snowboarder, okay? We got seven to 10 inches coming up in just a couple days. It's my time to shine, baby. I remember there was one time as a kid, I literally took a skateboard, I cut off the trucks, and I took an old pair of shoes, and I nailed them to the board, okay? The problem was is I lived in California, okay? There's a lot of waves, no snow. The only thing that, good, that board was good for is to see if my tetanus booster was up to date, okay? That was really about it, all right? And that didn't work out. I remember when I was 12, I thought I had it, okay? I remember we were going on a youth conference at something called Fine Arts, so students all across the United States come to one place, and they had a service at night. So we went there, service was incredible, and I remember the speaker, he said, everybody, I believe God wants to show you your purpose tonight. I'm like, yeah! This is what I've been waiting for, right? And so he's like, close your eyes and God's going to reveal it to you. And I'm standing there as a 12-year-old. I'm like, yes, come on, show me what it is. Am I going to be the president? And I see myself speaking on a stage and I open up my eyes are wide. I'm like, oh, yes. And instantly in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be on Disney Channel. This is amazing. I was not on Disney Channel, but you know what? They're missing out. I'm extremely talented, okay? That didn't happen. I missed the purpose, right? I was trying to figure it out. I think that's a lot of us, right? We try to figure out what our purpose is. And for many of us, we would say it's what I do, right? Oh, I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. I'm a janitor. I'm a construction worker. I'm a teacher. That is my purpose. And so often we'll find our purpose in what we do. But I think a lot of times God is saying, I have a new purpose for you. It's not so much what you do, but who you are. And say, all right, Chris, so what is this purpose? What is God actually wanting us to live in? And we've got to understand God's purpose for your life is multiplication. That's it right there. God's purpose for your life is multiplication. A lot of you are sitting there like, Chris, I don't like math. Can it be anything else? No, 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 let me explain, right? You just heard April say this just a moment ago. Our mission as a church is to reach the Midwest for Jesus. That's it. We exist. That's what we get excited about is that when people come to know Jesus, why? Because when they do that, man, there is a life change that happens. There is purpose. There is freedom that comes in knowing Jesus. And see, God wants us to live that out. He wants us to multiply so that others can come to know him. So, Chris, I get it. God wants us to multiply, but how do we do that? Because it's kind of easier said than done. Well, in order to discover this new purpose that God has for us, notice this series is new you, new purpose. Because if we want to live out this new purpose God has for us, first of all, we got to start with you. 
in order to live it out. And so we see that changing a new you to discover a new purpose has is in four different stages. Now, very quickly, I want to go over these because it leads us into the passage where we're going today. In order to create a new you so we can live in our new purpose, the first phase of that is no. We need to know who God is right? And during this phase, it's where you're growing your relationship with God and you're going into that person. So you're saying, God, I know who you are. I ask you into my life, make me new, right? So we know who God is. That's the first step. The second step is you grow. God wants you to grow. See, once you ask Jesus into your life, there's still that old person, those old hurts, those old pains, that old way of living. And God says, we've got to grow from that. So how does he do that? God wants us to grow in a relationship with others. We need godly people coming alongside of us to help us develop into the people that he wants us to be. And once we know God, once we grow, then God wants us to discover who we are. You know, I like to think of it like this, is that God didn't just save you from something. God saved you for something. God has a plan and he has a purpose for your life. And during this discovery, we're trying to figure out God's purpose for our lives. That's what we do in this phase. And finally, once we know, once we grow, once we discover, then we can go and be used by God. We can multiply, right? Because our purpose and what God is telling us is God's purpose for your life is multiplication. Now we see this backed up in scripture, right? The first commandment that God gives his people is he says, be fruitful and multiply. Many of us take that literally, okay? But he's not just talking physically, he's also talking spiritually, is that we need to be multiplying people who are following Jesus. That's our purpose, that's our mission, is to reach the Midwest for Jesus. It's not just the fun saying that we say, it's the purpose that God has given us. So, all right, well, Chris, how is it that we do that? Because I think if we're really honest with ourselves, sometimes we can sit idly by and we hear the mission, but we miss out on our purpose, Well, what I want us to do today is to look at us, really look at our hearts and see why we're sometimes missing out on this new purpose that God has for us. So today we're going to be diving in. If you've got your YouVersion app, a Bible with you, we're going to be in Mark chapter four today. And we're going to see what Jesus says about this idea of discovering the new you so that we can go ahead and live out our new purpose. And this is what he says in Mark chapter four, starting in verse one. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, it fell among the path and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. So the disciples hear this and they go, wow, this is an incredible story. What does it mean? And so Jesus goes there and he begins to explain what this parable means. And this is where we need to focus in because what Jesus is about to explain is he's trying to teach the disciples and he's trying to teach us, hey, we need to discover the new you so that we can live out this new purpose. And this is what Jesus says in verse 14. He says, the farmer sows the word. What is Jesus saying in this moment? He's saying, just as a farmer will go and throw out seed to produce plants, he's saying when the word of God is thrown out there, it's like seed being sown. 
And then he begins to talk about four different types of soils that it falls on. What is Jesus trying to relate to? He's saying that that is your heart. We see that in life, that four different soils represents the human heart or where we are, whether it can receive the seed or not. And as today, as we read through these, we really got to be honest with ourselves because every single one of us are in one of these types of soils. And if we're not careful, if we're in the wrong soil, we will never become the new you and the new purpose that God has for you. And we will not be fruitful and multiply like God commands us to do. So look, let's see what Jesus says about this first type of soil. In verse 15, he says, some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. The first observation that we've got to see here is that Satan is not after you. He's after the word. Notice what Satan does. He goes after and he steals the seed right away. Why? Because Satan knows if the word could actually take root in your heart, life change would happen. Because when the word is active and alive, the Bible talks about how it's sharper than a double-edged sword. And when we get a hold of Jesus, life chains happening, right? We just sang a song. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Man, the dead man's coming back to life. That's what the word of God does for us on the inside. And Satan wants nothing more than to keep us dead and keep us blind. And so Satan goes and he steals the word. Well, how does he do that? I think a lot of times he does it by distraction. And notice what type of soil this seed was thrown onto, right? It wasn't great soil. No, it was a path. That means it was hard. It was rocky. It was tough. And I think this type of soil describes a lot of people's hearts. Is that we'll hear the word of God. We'll hear encouragement. We'll hear God trying to discipline. And because our hearts are hardened, we really can't receive it. You know, I kind of like to think of it like this. Whether you're a parent, you've got a teenager, you remember what it was like to be a teenager right? And so parents will so lovingly often try to help their teenagers and say, hey, you know, that, that person that you're dating right now, are, are you sure that's like the right one? Like, I see a couple of red flags, may not be the person that you want to date. Teenager heart hardened goes, mom, you don't know what's going on. We're in love. They're the best thing ever. Doesn't even have a driver's license, but we've got a future, right? <laughs> Typical teenagers, right? But then they'll go and they'll talk to their youth leader and the youth leader will say the exact same thing. It's like, are you sure about the relationship? I see a couple of red flags. Are you sure this is the right thing? And you'll see that teenager be like, you're right. Oh my gosh. What was I thinking? That is the best advice I've ever heard. And every parent's like, I already told you that. Why weren't you listening? I was like, I said the exact same thing. Why? Because their hearts were hardened. And I think for many of us, we're in a place where our hearts are hardened. So we can't truly listen to what God has to say. And so how does that happen? Why does that happen to us? It's because Satan is so good at distracting us, right? Maybe it's past hurt that you've had against the church. Oh, they did this and someone did that. And because of that, oh, my heart is hardened. For some of it, it could be very simple. Hey, you know what? The storm's coming tomorrow. We've got to, right now you're sitting here like we've got to go get eggs and milk and all this. We need food for that. Maybe for you, he starts to say things about the people who are trying to speak into your life. You can't listen to that person. I mean, look what he's wearing right now. He's literally wearing skinny jeans. His hair is super long and he sounds like a used car salesman. Okay, it's awful. And so you start to discount what they have to say. And because of it, our hearts are hardened and we never actually hear it. And here's the thing. The first step of that you process is knowing God, but because your heart is hardened, you never know God and you're stuck in the old you. See, if we want to be people who start living out a new purpose, we've got to understand that we have to soften our hearts and ask ourselves, why are our hearts hardened in this spot? We see the second soil that Jesus begins to talk about. He says this in verse 16. Others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. 
They receive it with joy, right? They receive God's word. They're excited because they know who God is. But so often we'll see these people in church all the time is that they have this emotional moment where they came to know Jesus and life was better and it was amazing. But just as soon as they found God, so often they'll disappear and we won't know where they go. Well, why is that? Look what Jesus says about this type of soil, the type of heart of this person. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall quickly away. See, what that really means is, is as soon as it starts to cost somebody something, they're out. That they love what Jesus provides. They love the forgiveness. They love the freedom. But I like the lifestyle that I live. And when things get hard, they tend to fall away. You know, as like the youth guy here, I always know working with students that this can be the case. I remember growing up in Florida, we would do um, a youth conference. It was called Fix You. We would take around 150 students, 200 students up to Orlando, and we'd have night services and all these incredible things. But there was always one session that students would talk about. And they would call it the line game. It wasn't a game, but what we would do is we'd take some tape and we'd put it down the middle of a room. Guys would be on one side, girls would be on the other, and you just have a few pastors in there with a really difficult list of questions. And what they would do is they would say, hey, if any of these questions apply to you, come and put your foot on the line. And so what you would see is they would start off with a simple question. If you've ever been bullied before, go ahead and put your foot on the line. Kids would come over, put their foot, and they would leave. They would get a little bit deeper. If you've ever ever, uh, thought about depression or anxiety in your life, come put your foot on the line. If you've ever tried to commit suicide, come and put your foot on the line. And what was crazy is you would see kids who you would never thought would struggle, who would never hurt, come and put their foot on the line. And they're weeping. Why? Because this is the first time in their life they've ever been real and honest with their deepest pain and hurt. And what was crazy is they would see so many kids who are struggling just like them. And you would see at the end of this, these kids would come up and do their testimony. They said, I struggled with depression. I wanted to die. But you know, I found hope in Jesus. They had this spark. They were filled with joy. And it hurts my heart because I've seen where they've gone now. I'm still friends with them on Facebook. And while they're amazing people, they want nothing to do with Jesus. Because they knew who God was, but they could never grow. Why couldn't they grow? It's because as soon as it costed them something, well, I like my friend's style and I like the lifestyle that I live. God's wanting me to give that up. I can't do that. And so often they'll never grow. And so when persecution came and tough times came, they said, I'm out. I can't do it. And if I could be honest, I think this describes a lot of America right now. As we've seen in 2020, there is this craving for something real. As we've seen because of the pandemic and everything that's happening, people are like, I can't control my life. I need something more. And they find Jesus and they find this joy, but because it costs something and it hurts and it's pain, they're like, no, 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 I can't do this anymore. And what I think is so interesting is what Jesus says about this type of plant and this soil. The plant grew up, but because of the sun, it was scorched and it died. And an interesting observation is to see is that the same sun that scorches one plant brings life to another. The same sun that scorches one plant brings life to another. Because you need sunlight in order for a plant to grow. So why is it that it kills one, but it brings life to another? The depths of the soil and the roots. It says in this passage, because it was shallow, because the roots never grew, they could not survive. 
And see, that's why you see when people go through hard circumstances in life, when they go through pains and hurts, you see two completely different responses. You people, you'll see people who fall away from the faith, but on the flip side, you'll see people go through divorces. You'll see people who will go through hurts and pains and sicknesses and death in the family and it actually catapults their faith in Jesus. Why? It's because they were rooted in something deeper. It wasn't just their own strength, but they said, you know what? I went through hurt and I went through pain and man, it was difficult, but I had an anchor for my soul and it was Jesus. And even though it was hard, he always saw me through and it anchored them into something more. See, I think the reason that sometimes we're not growing is because of the fact we never let our roots grow down deep. So Chris, how do we do that? Well, I think God wants us to come to church. He wants us to read, pray. That's how you deepen those roots for sure. But I think God also wants us to put out in the right relationships with people. And see, that's why you heard April talking about the rooted experience. It's an incredible time for you to grow. It puts you in godly community and allows you to do this. Be honest with the people around you. Because if we could have an honest moment with ourselves, when we come to church, we put on our best selves. And so often we'll put on a mask and we don't let anybody know what's really going on in our lives. When you're in a godly community, it allows you for a moment to take off the mask, to talk about the hurts and pains, to be honest and be real so you can heal from those things. Because when you do that, guess what? Your roots begin to grow. See, if we really want to live out this new purpose that God has for us, we've got to recognize that we've got to grow. Are you in a place right now where genuinely you can grow your faith? Is that the soil where your heart is? Or are you stuck in surface level religion? The third type of soil that we see Jesus talk about, he says this in verse 18, still others like seen sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word. Now check this out. We're about to finish this verse, but notice what happens to this plant. The first two plants, seen was sown, got taken away. The second one, it died. They never took root, but look what happens to this third one. Desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. The plant lived, the plant survived, but it missed out on its purpose. It never multiplied. I think for many of us, this is where we find a lot of Christians today. If I can be really honest, I've been in this place too. That we have a faith and it's rooted in Jesus, but yet it is an unproductive one. See, so often what we'll do is we say we love Jesus, we'll come to church, we'll lift our hands, yet we aren't producing anything with it. And the reason is that happens, notice what was happening in the soil. Not only was there, there was a plant, but there was also thorns and there was other stuff going in there that took up its attention and time. And I think that's what happens to a lot of us, if we can be really honest, that we get caught up in the worries of life. We get caught up in, in the delusion of wealth and all the things that life provides, right? It's like, oh, we've got to take the kids to soccer practice. Not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Oh, I want to get that promotion. Once again, it's a good thing. But if we aren't careful, our attention will be turned off of our purpose and onto the things around us and we'll really miss out on what God has for us. Because the truth is, is it's easy to get distracted when you don't understand your purpose. It's easy to get distracted when you don't understand your purpose. And if I could be really honest, I think as Christians, sometimes we sit so far by the sidelines that we really forgot what our purpose is. And I love what the Greeks use. They, they have this phrase called telos, and it means this, an ultimate object or aim. What is it saying? Telos is saying, what is your purpose? What is your purpose in life? 
And so to kind of look at it like this, like everyone has either seen a watch or use a watch before, right? What is, what is the purpose of a watch? What does it tell us? You wouldn't use it as a hammer. That would be a horrible hammer. That's not what it was designed for. It's not its purpose. When you understand that it has a purpose of telling time, you understand it's tell us. And then you can tell whether it's a good watch or a bad one. If it's fallen in time, you say, I know it's tell us. That's a good watch. If it doesn't show that time, you're like, mm, that's a bad watch. I know it's tell us, right? Because once you understand its purpose, you understand whether it is good and or bad. Here's a scary thought, and I'm not trying to attack anyone. I'm just trying to be honest because God has so much more for us. I think as Christians, we have forgotten our purpose. So I think in walking in this Christian walk, we've forgotten whether we're walking good or bad. I think a lot of times because we forgot our purpose, we've been become, we're trying to be successful. I think Jesus is really trying to challenge how we measure success. A big fancy house is awesome. Having cool cars is great. Having the kids go off and do all sports is awesome. But if we aren't careful, we'll miss out on our telos. And we'll get so distracted by the things around us that we become ineffective in this life. I love what C.S. Lewis has to say. He says, if you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. I think we've become ineffective because we forgot what our purpose was. We've seen the things that the world throws at us and the worries of the world and the disillusions of wealth. And Jesus is saying, that's not your purpose. I have more for you. See, these are people who know God. These are people who have grown in God, but yet they never discover who they are. And they'll sit on the sidelines of church, watching the world pass by, believing in their faith, but being unproductive. So Chris, how do we fix this? Because this is a place that I've been in, and I think this is a place that a lot of Christians are in. How do we change this? My, I suggest joining the Rooted Experience. That's a perfect place to start. Here's why. Not only do you get in godly community, but over the 10 weeks, you start to discover your giftings and your talents and who God has created you to be. And when you discover your purpose in life, then you can actually run full swing because now your purpose isn't what you do anymore, but it's who God's created you to be. And so when I go into work, I know what my purpose is. It's to multiply. It's to be fruitful and I can help others. And so the real question for us, and this is a challenging one, what are we investing in that don't really make a difference? We've really got to understand what our true purpose is, and that's multiplying so that we can live out the purpose that God has for us. The final soil that we see is in verse 20. It says this, Others like seeds sown on good soil hear the word. They accept it and produce crops some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. What's the goal? What did it do? It multiplied. It did its purpose. See, we see this. The first group, they never knew God. The second group, they knew who God was, but they never grew. The third group, they knew who God was and they grew in their faith, but they sat on the sidelines and they never discovered what God had for them. But the final group discovered all of those three things and they were able to go and be fruitful and multiply. And see, we've got to understand is that that's the purpose that God has for us. He wants you to be able to go out and live your purpose. And that is to multiply, to tell people about Jesus, to reach the Midwest for him. But we've got to be careful 
Otherwise, we'll miss out on this because I think if we're really honest, I think a lot of us are sitting by the sidelines. We're just coming to church, but we're not being the church. I think for us, we could say, all right, Chris, I get it. You're saying we've got to multiply, that we've got to be fruitful. We've got to do all that stuff. We've got to tell people about Jesus. But man, that's hard. Like, I'm just a person. I don't even like talking to my family. You want me to talk to strangers? Like, I don't want to do that. But here's the thing. It's not what you have done that gives you the strength to do this. It's what Jesus has done for us. Look how Jesus pulls these parallels together in John chapter 12, verse 24. This is so cool. He says, listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it's buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to this life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. You know what Jesus is trying to say to us today? He's like, I already did that for you. He's like, I died. I buried myself so now that you can go and live. And we've got to understand that Jesus died for you so that you could live for him. The multiplication has already happened. Jesus died on the cross. And because of that, that fills us up and gives us the power and gives us the strength to say, now I've got to go. And reach the Midwest for Jesus. I got to make a difference in my family. I got to make a difference in my friend groups. I got to make a difference. Why? Because God's given me a purpose. And so often for us, I think we talk about the gospel and what Jesus has done for us. It's kind of like our right of entry. It's that now that I have Jesus in my life, now I can become a real Christian and get really deep. It's because I've got to get deeper and I've got to do better. But if we forget what Jesus has done for us, we will never become the new you. Look what J.D. Greer says about the gospel. For many evangelicals, the gospel functions solely as the entry right into Christianity. It is the prayer we pray to begin our relationship with Jesus, the diving board off which we jump into the pool of this real Christian life. Sarcasm is implied, people, okay? The gospel, however, is not just the diving board off which we jump into the pool of Christianity. It's the pool itself. It's not the only way that we begin in Christ. It's the way that we grow in Christ. You want to start growing? You want to start living out your purpose? It starts by being reminded of what Jesus did for you. You want to develop a new you? First, you got to know what God did for you. That Jesus died on a cross for you. Once you know that, then you can start to grow and say, hey, you know what? I want to be more like Jesus. So I need to be surrounded by a group of people who can help me become who I'm supposed to be. And once we grow, then we can discover because God's put a purpose and he has a plan for you. And then you start to say, these are my giftings and talents. And now I can go and start sharing that with the world because then we can go and we can live out our God-given purpose and we can multiply. Because the truth is, is that there are people dying, not from sickness, not from disease, but a disease called sin. And if it's left untreated, they will never meet their father and live in heaven. God is saying, go, it's your time. He's saying, get off the sidelines. It's time to serve. It's time to grow and it's time to share the gospel. God's not waiting for the person to your left or to your right. He needs you. So stop sitting on the sidelines. See, now that you know your purpose, guess what? When you go into work, that's now your mission field. You're a doctor. It's like, oh, I can heal, but I can also hear your soul. What up? You know? No, everywhere we go now, when you go into Starbucks and you see Rick Kyle working on a sermon, you can say, hey, what's up? But that's your mission field. Why? Because when we get down into the depths of it, 
The gospel is where we grow and we change and it fills us up so we can spill that out on someone else. Jesus died so that you can live for him. All right, if you wouldn't mind jumping up on the keys, we're gonna end here very shortly. See, we gotta understand as people is that God wants to use you. He doesn't wanna use the person to the left or right. No, he has a specific plan and purpose for your life. So where is your heart today? It's a real honest question. Because I think for many of us, we've all been in each of these types of soils. Why? Because the goal is to multiply. I think for many of us, we might find our hearts somewhere else. Maybe for you, you just don't know God. And you've been waiting and wanting for something real. This is your opportunity. You don't know who he is. In a moment, we're going to pray that you might. Maybe for you, you've been stuck in this grove that you gave your life to Jesus, but now you're realizing that it costs something. That to become more like Jesus, we've got to give up the past and the things that are holding us back. And you've been stuck in this place that once was growing is now starting to die. Maybe for you, you're stuck in this place of apathy that you know who God is. You've been growing in your faith and you love Jesus, but you've been stuck in this place where you don't know who you are and you've never discovered who you are. But I encourage you that God wants you to go. That's where God wants you to be. He wants you to live out the purpose that he has for you. But first, you've got to understand that it's time to change your heart from the old things to where God wants you to be right here, right now. So what soil are you in? And how can you change from that old ways and discover the new you so we can live out God's purpose? Why? Because we've got to reach people. It's not just so we can say we have numbers, but lives are literally at stake and God has entrusted us with reaching the Midwest for Jesus. We've got to go. And maybe for you today, that's where you're at. You say, man, I need to be reached. I need Jesus. I need to know God. Well, here in a moment, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And if you've never asked Jesus into your life, I would love to pray this prayer with you. So here's what we're going to do in this moment. In a moment, I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. If you say, Chris, that's me. I've never asked Jesus into my life, whether you're in this theater, the next theater, or online. I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hand. No one will be looking around. Here's why. We got to make a statement and say, no, 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 I'm choosing Jesus. And after that, we're going to pray together and believe that God's going to give you for all your sins so that you can start out on the journey of becoming a new you with a new purpose. So we're out in this space, every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to go ahead and we're going to pray. No one looking around. If you say, hey, Chris, that's me. I need to know who Jesus is. I've never asked Jesus into my life. I'm sick of the weight of this sin. I'm sick of just trying what the world has to offer. I want something real. I want to know God. I want to grow. I want to discover the purpose and plan so that I can live out the destiny that God has for me. If you say, I want to know who God is today, would you just slip up your hand? And once you put it up, you can put it right back down. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So here's what we're going to do right now as a church, everybody. We're going to pray this prayer together because we're a family. So I need everyone to repeat this after me. Everybody say, dear Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean. Say, dear Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, I need you. So I pray that you would forgive me of all the sin that is in my life and that you would make me new. God, I pray that you help me discover my purpose and the plan you have for me. I love you and I thank you. It's your name I pray.
Amen.